Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin, the podcast. Pure joy that comes with the beginning of training camp has me imagining a young Bart Scott walking in the school mm. halls with the WWF 80s little lunchbox, maybe a, a fresh trapper keeper. It's that sort of joy that we have coming into the beginning of training camp. It's Keyshawn J. Will and Zubin on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM, Channel 80, presented by Progressive Insurance. All of our guests join us on the Goodyear Hotline. Jason Fitz, Bart Scott, and uh, we're just capturing the spirit, uh, the energy, the vibe uh, throughout the course of the morning. You guys can chime in. We're asking you what you're looking forward to. Who are you looking forward to? Bart, did you have like first day of school traditions when you, you, know, when you were a young buck around town? Well, you know, in the hood, you know what I'm saying, black folk, what we do is, you know what I'm saying, we would lay our, like, and Dion never, like, graduated from this because he did this with his uniforms. You lay your outfit on the bed. Like, I'm a killer with this one, right? But as you get smart, uh, older, you realize that you want to save that good outfit because everybody's not going to be there those first couple of days. You know what I'm saying? But you lay that outfit out, man, you're going to kill him with that one, and then somebody come with the same outfit. They was on sale two for one, and you look wacky D. All right. Well, was there like a tradition, you know, like, you know, we didn't really, uh, I, I didn't really grow up with much. So like, that was the one time that I knew I was going to get something like, it was never the, school the, clothes, like, school the, clothes. the new shoes, but it was never like the name brand. It was always like, you know, uh, like, oh. A, oh yeah, well, you know, you, oh, you had like the, the XJ 900. Oh yeah. Yeah. Like in two stripes instead of three, yeah. you know, like, like when I was really little, <laughs> instead of the kangaroo, oh, like man. shoes that had the one pouch on it, like it'd so, be like a side pouch. Oh, yeah. So we know that like, okay, everybody knows about polo right yeah. polo got the horse on it man mom's bought me hunt club son <laughs> they're like who shot your man off the horse oh man they <laughs> shot the man off your horse hunt club kids are brutal oh god uh, you know words hurt kids uh, this, that is an amazing now i'm suddenly having like all of these uh, all of these feelings come back uh, from early childhood but all of this comes because of the beginning of training camp and one thing we've really been trying to capture today has been sort of the the hope that comes around it oh this is part biggie Scott. talks about it man uh, yeah, sky's the limit yeah, this is uh the well the sky's the limit for tom brady like that segue well, like that. there you go uh tom brady has been we're seeing a different version of tom this is a, a patriot way free version of tom and he comes in and he doesn't seem to really care what he says who he says it to or how he says it like i I kind of respect the joy in it. He's got that that level of don't give a you know what that yeah. like I think a lot of our dads got it at some point. Like you woke up one day and all of a sudden your dad was no longer like kind and yeah. coddling. He yeah. was just like, no, nah, that's yeah. the way it's going to be. Yeah. In the words of Kanye, you can't tell him nothing. Yeah. Well, when you've won as much as Tom Brady has, like it would be hard to tell him anything. And to that extent, he was on Sirius XM uh, with a town hall with Jim Gray. And Jim Gray asked if he was willing to share the team that he was referencing on the shop when he used some key words describing a team's decision to not to not select him as their quarterback. Teams know who they, who were probably interested in. Yeah, I mean, it's fine. I mean, everyone's got a choice to choose. You know, I think what you realize is that there's not as many smart people as you think. You know, it's just the reality. I think it's some. it'd be a no-brainer if you said, you know, hey, you got a chance to get uh, Wayne Gretzky on your team or you get a chance to have Michael Jordan on your team. Oh, we don't need him. You know, no thanks. We're, we're good. You know, I, in my mind, I'm kind of thinking, okay, well, let me go. Let me go show those teams what they're missing. And at the same time, let me go prove to the team that did bet on me and the team that really showed that they really wanted me and committed to me that I'm not going to let them down. Damn, Carr. You could have had Tom Brady with the Raiders. Uh, no, 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 no. That was never happening. But, uh, like, mm-hmm. can, I, can we also just acknowledge, like, uh, uh, again, I don't want to be a contrarian here to Tom Brady's point. 
But do you really think that the Wizards were that in love with Fat Mike? Or you know, yeah. do, do you let's look at the end of of Gretzky's career, like the last couple of years? I, I mean, Johnny John Unitas. I mean, the, the the last couple of years sometimes like it's a little revisionist history to go in and say you know what, and I think it also discredits the team he selected. I mean, he went to a team that had really good weapons and a really good defense and a really good coach. Like, you went to all of those things. It, this is a little maddening to me because we just presumed that we could have plopped him in anywhere and he would have yeah. won no. a Super Bowl. I don't think that's fair. Yeah, it was a team that was ready to win. The, the only issue they had and the problem they had was that the quarterback position was turning the ball over. You know, Jameis Winston turned the ball over like 50 times that year. You talk about 30 interceptions, but you, you don't talk about the fumbles, right? So he was putting him in a, in a, in a bad situation. So you put a guy like Tom Brady who always leaves some meat on the bone so he can go out and play mini GM and bring all his friends in. Like, oh, we got a tight end. We got Cameron Brake and we got OJ the Juice Man. You know what? I think I really want Grunk. How can you tell him no when you only paying him $25 million? Oh, well, you know, I really like this receiving core, but I think Antonio Brown is kind of what I need. It makes me feel a little comfortable. Like, so everybody out there that wants to be Tom Brady, if unless you're willing to leave 10 to $15 million on the table, you can't pull what he's pulling. And you're doing it, you'd be doing all of that, making those same additions on a roster that was already really good. And, yeah. you know, and to the point that, you know, uh, I don't believe that the Raiders, from anybody I've talked to, that the Raiders were Can really part of that. I, I can't confirm nor deny, but I, I'm fairly confident why that did, why did there Carr, were no conversation. Why did Carr address it? Well, I mean, you know, if Carr, rumors around Carr are a constant thing, right? But do you believe that the Raiders would have won a Super Bowl with Tom Brady as their quarterback? Nope. Right. I mean, that's the, that's the other part of this. Like, anybody that says, oh, we could have. All right. Well, that wouldn't have changed the fact that that defense was hot garbage. Like, that defense was a just a barrel of yeah. flaming poo. And there was nothing that Tom Brady was going to do that would fix that. So, I, I, can't, I can't necessarily take Brady's argument of everybody should want me without at least understanding that not everybody was in a position to win a Super Bowl with Tom Brady. No, absolutely. I mean, to your point, it was only a couple of teams that can handle it. Just like right now, it's only a couple of teams that can handle Aaron Rodgers and be able to win a championship. If you add Aaron Rodgers, maybe to Denver, I think, you know, Denver. Okay, if Aaron Rodgers goes to Denver, I quit. I'm just going to go to rehab for the next nine years. That's it. He goes to Detroit, he's in the same position. He ain't going nowhere. He's actually worse off. So it's only a couple of places where guys can go and be the missing piece. Triple eight, say ESPN eight 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 seven two nine three seven seven six. We're asking you guys who you're looking most forward to seeing in the NFL. Who we're sleeping on? You guys can chime in. Dion in Baton Rouge. What do you got? Who are we sleeping on? Good morning, guys. I think y'all are sleeping on the Eagles. Everyone's sleeping on the Eagles, really. Jalen Hurts, Devontae Smith. We got the best O line in the league if everyone tells me. The best O line in the league. You got an agent, Kelsey. Listen, I, I get it that you, last year that that offense had injuries, but I mean, I need to see that Rieger can catch the ball. Maybe if you would have had uh, Justin Jefferson and then Devontae Smith, then maybe I would have said, "Hey, man, man, this is a explosive." But until Rieger tells shows me that he can catch the ball, I don't know if I'm looking at him or he's Nelson Aguilar 2.0. I, I always look at off seasons with the, the phrase "benefit of the doubt." And so to me, if you're going to give any one person, any one team benefit of the doubt, I think it's only fair to universally apply it. To give Jalen Hurts and Devontae uh, together the benefit of the doubt when we've seen nothing on it 
Well, then you have to equally apply that. And if I equally apply benefit of the doubt to the entire division, then that means Dak's healthy and they figured out the coaching situation, which means the Cowboys are going to be really good. It also means that that Washington football team defense can replicate the success they've had. And, you know, Fitzmagic is going to turn out to be something special there. And as you mentioned earlier, it also means Daniel Dimes is going to suddenly play substantially, like up to the level we think he can play. If you apply that equally across the board. Then who wins? Yeah, I I don't, uh, I can't find a path that says we're sleeping on the Eagles. Like the Eagles would have to, we'd have to be right on the Eagles and wrong on everybody else to get them where they are. So for, for, for Devonta Smith to be great, that means Bradbury has to be horrible. Yeah. Right. And for <laughs> right. and for Rieger to be great, that means a Dory Jackson would have to be horrible. Right. No matter what you know, you're excited about with Philly, you would think that the Giants have the answers. Right. Because they have the better proven commodity already on the other side on their roster. Yeah. Well, to that extent, though, not everybody seems to agree with us. We're getting a lot of Eagles love. Leandre in Indy. Tell me what we're missing on the Eagles. I'm all in. I'm all ears. What do you got? Man, I just I just don't see like we, we supposed to have got the best college football player in the country, like I just don't, I just don't see how we're just not talking about that so much. Because like, you, you needed really them. won the Heisman Trophy. Yeah, because you needed them though, right? And you got them because you're a bad football team. Like no one player changes the, the fortunes of a team like that. You know what I mean? Chase Young was great, but how many wins was he worth last year? Right? It's going to take a while for us to see the effects. Like, you, do you think that uh, Devonta Smith is just going to come in like Randy Moss and barbecue chicken Bradbury? What? And, and, I mean, think about what we saw last year, the, the last several years. Two points he just made. He's a Heisman winner. Well, Joe Burrow, who looked really good in limited time, but still, bad situation, didn't win a ton of games. Kyler Murray in his rookie year was, you know, it was okay. It, yeah. it resulted in more wins. Baker in his rookie year had a great year, but Cleveland didn't suddenly turn around and, and go lights out. Like, you can go all the way back to Heisman Trophy winners. I mean, Jameis, Marcus, like all of these guys have had some levels of success, but that's not a, a clear-cut portion of it. And then look one year ago when we were looking at wide receivers, specifically saying Jerry Judy was going to be to most the best uh, wide best receiver. Best runner we've ever seen in the world. What did that mean for Denver? Henry Ruggs was the top wide receiver overall taken. What did that mean for the Raiders? Like, I, I look at the wide receiver position particularly and think that we should be talking about it more like we talk about running backs. I mean, realistically, you can now get a wide receiver Anywhere. in the second or third or fourth round yep. that, that contributes. So as good as I hope it can be, because I think Devontae Smith is somebody incredibly easy to root for, yeah. he's also somebody that had just an incredible moment where he got the shine and he won the Heisman and he was the best wide receiver in college but football not, last but, year. But, but, but not maybe arguably the best wide receiver on his team. Yeah. People think that Jalen Waddle is a better football player. Yeah, that's that's the the, the difficulty in, in transferring. I'm not trying like I'm trying to be a beacon of light. I am. I just you know don't want to let everybody. When did uh, Philadelphia become so optimistic? I thought this was when they hated on their brother, not the brother. No, they're optimistic now. It's just you get to the, the oh, okay. yeah, week yeah. one. That that'll all change Easy. week one. Let's go. Anytime somebody calls from Nashville, given that I have 20 years of history in that city, we we put them on the show. Donald in Nashville, what do you got, man? Thanks for calling the show. Hey, thanks for taking my call. Enjoy you guys uh, talking. Um, hey, I, I think everybody's sleeping on Joe Burrows and uh, Jamar Chase. You know, and I'm telling you right now, Joe Burrows has been a winner no matter what he's done. He has proven that. And he's going to make that team around him better. Offense, defense, special teams. He just got that type of it to him. And I just think everybody's sleeping on him. He's not going to be not the last quarterback in that division. I can promise you that. He's, that, have you ever been in Cincinnati? They don't even got an indoor facility yet. Like, they practice outside in the wintertime. Listen, I, I understand. I, I think that he's going to be good. 
And we've seen Carson Palmer, who was the number one overall pick. How did that work out? He was a winner. Like everybody that goes and gets picks high first overall is a winner and has been a winner everywhere he goes until he's not, right? Jeremy Swinson is looking for his second opportunity as a starting role. He was a Heisman winner. He was the number one overall pick. How did that work out? Yeah, and Cincinnati's got to figure out stability on the offensive line. I mean, they, yeah. they, they uh, Coach Taylor last year did John not Williams, seem to yeah. care about anything other than dropping back. And, and at some point, we were all watching it thinking, man, Joe Burrow's going to get murdered at some point. And, <laughs> and he did. what did we see? And th- I think that's my concern. Like, I, I, I agree with you. I'll never forget standing on the field, uh, you know, for college football that year. We were traveling, and we were standing on the field for one of the playoff games. And I looked at one of our analysts, and I said, why do we not talk about Burrow the same way we talked about Andrew Luck? That's how special it looked in person. And everybody said, you're right. He, he's going to be great. We just – I. You know, I, I don't know that they can keep him upright. I think that's the yeah. concern. Joe Burrow should have been great. He should have dominated college. Hell, he was 26 years old. That's why when he smoked a cigar <laughs> after he won, nobody cared. <laughs> this, dude had, this dude already had a couple years in his 401k. Look at that. Contributions. Part. All right, Jonathan in Jersey. Uh, who are you most interested in keeping an eye on right he's now? older than Lamar Jackson. <laughs> by the way, for people that don't know, he's older than Lamar Jackson. Oh, let God. that digest. This is happening right now. I, he's, he's, you're not wrong, by the let way. That, let that send you your spirit. Now we'll try Mark in Michigan. Who are we sleeping on? Oh, sorry, no. Do we have Jersey? Hello? Well, I got Jersey. Uh, Jonathan yeah, in Jersey. Hey, My fault. Up, My fault, Jonathan. What you got? What's going on, guys? Good morning. Good morning. Uh, yeah, no, I can't wait. I'm a huge Miami Dolphins fan. I can't wait to see Tua throwing the ball. Lovato, Parker. I think we're going to have an explosive uh, offense this season. And, um, you know, it's been a long time coming for uh, Miami and to have something going down in South Beach. So, uh, like Bart said, can't wait. Can you, can you tell me one thing, though? Are we confident that Tua knows the playbook this year? Because why he admitted that, I have no idea. Like, that's going to be a scarlet letter. If he has a mishap or if he forgets like Tom Brady what down it is, oh, that's going to be, they, they're going to eat him up. Because he, him admitting that he doesn't know the playbook last year is crazy. I think, too, where there's smoke, sometimes I feel like there's fire. And look, I, I think, too, uh, you know, again, what I, what I try not to do is let my love of certain guys' college careers seep into the way you perceive the beginning of their NFL careers. But, mm-hmm. man, Tua is such an easy guy to root for and such a great – phenomenon to watch on the field in college I want that to work for Miami my concern is that he did say hey you know I didn't know the playbook well enough the coaching staff didn't seem to trust him he did lose the starting job after he was given the starting job in a really peculiar way and then you hear all of these rumors about well they're hunting around and maybe and I get it Deshaun Watson is is generational generational. and so you have the chance to get Deshaun Watson there's only three or four teams in the league that probably wouldn't take that chance it just feels icky to use a you know a non-professional word Bart so like to me that's the one you know I think that's my one concern on that Absolutely. I mean, I totally agree with you. And we know that this is really a, a put up or shut up type of year for them. And it's potentially if they don't exceed expectations, you know, they could be looking for somebody and, and you know, not they're not going to be like Sam Darnold, get rid of him and try and draft somebody because they won't be that bad. But man, if, if, if maybe Jameis Winston is around or maybe Cam is around, they try and get a veteran team because this is a team that's ready to win now. You talk about all those good weapons that they have and who knows what happens with Xavier and Howard if they can't get a contract extension done. But this 
this is a team that is loaded and, and has so much draft equity at such a young, um, tender in Flores' career. Yeah, and they did such a great job last year of spending money smartly. Like the, the fact that they spent so much money on their secondary, but it came together so quickly, yeah. I think is one of the phenomenons of the NFL offseason uh, last year. Let's go to Jay in Chicago. Jay, uh, what, what, are you, uh, what are you looking at? Actually, yeah, we've got Jay. What are you looking at for, this, uh, for training camp? Well, I got a comment quickly about Aaron Rodgers, and that brings me directly to who I'm looking for in training camp. Um, I think he and or the Packers are a little overrated um, because if you think about it, they've been in, with the exception of a couple of years, they've been in a division that's been sorry his whole career, and he's only got one Super Bowl. I mean, come on, man. And that brings me right to what I'm looking for. I'm looking for who is going to be the possible MVP, definitely rookie of the year, and that's Justin Fields. That man is going to be balling out. He is one of the smartest quarterbacks to ever come out of. The, he's one of the most accurate to ever come out. He, and he is standing right now as the third fastest quarterback in the league behind Lamar Jackson and Kyler Murray. Putting you on notice. Justin Fields and the Bears are going to make some noise. Uh, well, and yeah. thanks for the call, man. Uh, by the way, I work with Sarah Spain every night on Spain and Fitz, 7 to 9 p.m. Eastern, Monday through Friday on ESPN Radio. A diehard Bears fan, so you don't have to put me on notice. I'm hearing about Justin Fields every day. Yeah, I mean, I mean, the thing is, how early can he adjust to the pro game, right? And, you know, what's the package that they have to have? And, you know, I think he, he'll really pay dividends as in, in that region, the black and blue division. The weather starts to seep in. That's when you'll see his athleticism, his ability to separate. But I think they got to get him there, right? He, we have to see how to speak. So we know Andy Dalton is QB1, right? And he still remained to be QB1. But I think Fields, I think that was a great pick. I mean, I think right now you think about Pates and Nagy, they better be getting a package for him because he saved their jobs, at least for right now, temporarily. Yeah, I mean, that's the big part of Chicago that's interesting, the pressure that he's coming into for everybody else around him. Also, I hear they've got some guy on defense that's pretty good, like Mac. I've never heard of him. <laughs> Are you still never, bitter that, you know, no. You did, did he trade it, man? Oh, dude. So, you know what? Story time? You ready for this? Yeah, absolutely. I'm sitting here. I moved to Connecticut. I went on ESPN Radio, and uh, I was asked, you know, will the Raiders trade Khalil Mack? And I said on ESPN Radio, there is 0% chance. Now, hear me out. My Zero. logic. I said 0% chance because John Gruden in his career prefers veteran players. So whatever they would get back from him wouldn't be enough there. Mm-hmm. And what good are draft picks when Gruden's never really built teams that way? Like, he's yeah. got a superstar that's a veteran. That's what he likes. The next morning, that was <laughs> the, next, the morning. next morning I wake up and you would have thought that like a family member died. I had so many texts and I was like, what happened? <laughs> Hundreds of texts. And none of, none of them were like, sorry about Mac. No, every single one of them was trash talking. And even some of the people from radio sent wow. me the clip wow. from the night before where I said 0%. So Don't worry, you got Colin Farrell. <laughs> I'm also lucky to get to host the draft every year for us digitally. And, you know, just once, all I ask, of the last, this is four years in a row I've hosted the draft. I just want one year where I can look at the camera and it doesn't zoom in on my face. I came in this year for day three of the draft. I pull up ESPN.com. I go to the Raiders page and it literally says, Fitz, please, with team. And that, that's on the dot com. That, that's my line. This is why I drink. Triple eight, say ESPN, 888-729-3776. That's how you guys can get in on the fun. Let's take one more real quick. Kavana, I think I'm saying that right, in San Diego. Who are we sleeping on? I would have to say A.J. Brown and the Tennessee Titans. Uh, and they're pretty big benefactors of the whole COVID situation and the uh, 
reduction in the salary cap coming into this season, picking up Julio Jones. I mean, A.J. Brown has been slept on out of his draft class just by virtue of D.K. Metcalf, but he's had 2,000-yard seasons coming in. He's got Derrick Henry coming off a 2,000-yard season, and now he has a complement of a guy that's still another top 10 wide receiver in the game, and Julio Jones opposite him. So he's a guy that's proven that he can be a wide receiver number one now just have another guy that's going to have to be double covered on the other side of the field. Yeah, I mean, that's a good one. That's a good one right there. I mean, but you think he had Davis last year, and Davis was 900 yards. I think maybe, what's the over-under at Julio under 1,100 yards receiving? Oh. Can they both, can they be, can they be like uh, like back in the day, Herman Moore, Brett Perham, and Johnny Morton have to, you know, multiple guys over 1,000 yards receiving? I just don't think so because of the focus that they'll give Derrick Henry, right? Like, but... I don't know. I mean, I, I think Tannen, uh, Tannenbaum, uh, Tannehill might be one of the most slept-on players in the league this year, too, just in the way yeah. that people aren't putting enough respect on his name. I still think there they're, they're should be second favorite in that division because I think the Colts, you think about the balance of a dominant defense, that's a problem. They can't stop anybody in Tennessee. They have no pass rush, and they're hoping that Bud Dupree, coming off of ACL surgery, can provide that pass rush that they've been looking for for the past couple of years. They flirted with Kalani. They went with some, some retreads, but nothing has really stuck. You know, something you've talked about is like market and patience that comes with it. I wonder how much, how much patience is left if Rabel can't get that defense on track because yeah. that's really his calling that's card. That's his calling card, And yeah. now you've got an offense that's absolutely been incredible and it's been top 10 in the, in, in the NFL year in and year out, yeah. and it's not getting No, Arthur done. Smith, too. Let's see. First yeah. year without him, it was, it was all about him and his play calling. And can, can they pick up the slack? Yeah, I, I'm all in on the Titans. I think they're actually going to win their division, but I think a lot of people are sleeping on them. And if they don't, there should be some pressure on Mike Vrabel. Okay, we'll let you guys keep chiming in. Triple eight, say ESPN, 888-729-3776. But the Cowboys are starting the season in California, but will their season end in California in early February? Mm. We'll head to Cowboys camp next. KJZ on smart speakers. All you got to do is say, play ESPN Radio. Coming up tomorrow on Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin. Pro Football Hall of Famer, Ray Lewis, as our countdown to the NFL season continues. Ray Lewis with Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin. Tomorrow morning at 9.30 Eastern on ESPN Radio and on ESPN News. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out electric e-bikes today. The number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus, electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-B-I-K-S.com. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. One one Flores hits a high drive. Left field. This one is gone. 
And the Giants have gone ahead in the ninth inning. His first career hit against Kenley Jansen was a bomb, a two-run homer. Three to two Giants here in the ninth. That roar you hear is Dodgers fans yelling and screaming at the top of their lungs. KMBR on the call. The Giants beat the Dodgers. It was the game of the night. Both teams entered looking to be the first to 60 wins in the majors this year. The Dodgers had a 2-1 lead in the ninth, but the Giants tagged three off closer Kenley Jensen to win 4-2. Giants were 0-25 when trailing, entering the ninth before yesterday. Second blown save this week for Jensen. Dodgers fans, they're mad. Let's move on to the NHL. Release the Kraken! Let's get things Kraken. I don't know any other Kraken commentary. The Seattle Kraken have made 30 picks They're the newest NHL expansion team. They officially filled out their roster. The draft was held last night. Of note, Panthers goalie Chris Trieger, whose 93 save percentage is the best of any goalie over the past two seasons. He's now a Kraken. Welcome to the league, Seattle. Let's move on to some college football news. Comes in the form of Texas and Oklahoma working together. What? Well, yes, it's true. It's because they want to leave the Big 12 and join the bomb, bomb, bomb SEC. After hearing the reports, Texas A&M Athletic Director Ross Bjork said, quote, we want to be the only SEC program in the state of Texas. There's a reason why Texas A&M left the Big 12. I also want to be the starting quarterback of the Raiders. We all have wants. Bjork also said he and fellow SEC athletic directors had not discussed bringing Texas and Oklahoma into the conference yet. SportsCenter brought to you by Indeed. Indeed has this hiring tool called Instant Match, and it really lives up to its name. Just post a sponsored job, and Indeed instantly searches millions of resumes in their database to immediately deliver the candidates that fit your job description. Just visit Indeed.com slash credit. Hard knocks. See what we did there? Ah, Ah. hard knocks. That would lead us to the Dallas Cowboys. It's Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM, Channel 80, ESPN News. Bart Scott, Jason Fitz, we're in for the guys. We're presented by Progressive Insurance, and uh, I like that. That was good. I wasn't sure. Alan uh, does great work with our music coming back in. I wasn't sure if we were going to get, you know, Kid Rock Cowboy or, (laughs) you know, Wanted Dead or Alive. But instead, we get Hard Knocks, which is appropriate since the Cowboys will be there uh, a third time. Third, third time. time. Third yeah. time's a charm, right? Well, have they it? made the playoffs when they, have they ever like I don't know, you know, we, we they're very superstitious. Most most athletes and organizations are super superstitious. I I uh I will be interested to see because there's a lot of serious topics to cover. So I'm interested to see how Hard Knocks does it because let's be real, they sort of ran away from all the hard stuff with Antonio Brown and the Raiders when uh when Hard Knocks was there. So let's get some thoughts on all of this and all things Cowboys from the Goodyear Hotline where we are joined by ESPN NFL Cowboys reporter Todd Archer. Todd, always love getting to talk to you. Thanks for hanging out with us. Uh, let's start with Dak. I mean, at this point, what is the expectation from Dak health-wise and his ability to participate in camp? Let, let me answer Bart's question first. Bart, they're, they're 0-2 on hard knocks and making the playoffs. They missed it in 0-2, and they missed it in 08. Mm. So, third time, third I, and I think you might have been on that Ravens team that ended their season that year, right? Well, I, I don't know that, at, but I'd appreciate it. At I Texas was. Stadium? <laughs> oh yeah, but, but I all remember us closing it out with a two long yeah. runs by Leron McLean yep. gave up a seventy yard run to a fullback. <laughs> that, that team was ready to ready to end the season well before that game, I think, with the how they were getting along. But as for Dak, um, when they practice starting today, he's going to be out there doing everything, according to Mike McCarthy, and and that kind of follows the plan that they had even going back in minicamp, where he did everything but full eleven on eleven drills. They didn't want any, any defenders by his legs. 
but he's passed every test. He's felt fine. Uh, when we saw him in the spring, he was doing design rollouts. He was doing off script plays. He was doing everything, and you wouldn't know that he would had that he had had such a major injury. So uh, when they get out there and practice today, he's out there and going to do do everything. Now they're not in pads until next week. They get that little build up there to to get the guy's legs under them. But um, the expectation is for Dak is to do everything, and then when they get in the preseason games, he'll play some. I don't think you see him in that Hall of Fame game. Uh, but, you know, they, they they still have four games the Cowboys do, and he'll be out there for at least a little bit of the preseason. Todd, the biggest story, I believe, on this team that's not named Dak Prescott is this defense, and if they can, you know, fight their way out of a wet paper bag. You know, what do we think that Dan Quinn is going to be able to accomplish, and what do you think about What's the feeling about some of the draft picks that they brought in? Yeah, ran into Stephen Jones last week at an event and, and asked him about the defense and, and the expectations, like, Look, we're confident. We're going back to what we what we've done a little bit in the past with Dan Quinn, what they did with Chris Richard, what they did with Rod Marinelli, and the players will fit in. And, and he said, "Look, we're confident we'll we'll be in the top half of the league. So that top half, they could be 16th, and they're going to be infinitely better than they were a year ago. And when you factor in the offense, 16th might be good enough for them to win the division, make the playoffs, and, and maybe get on a roll. But you know, they believe that they have." pieces in place that in-house here that there's no way that everybody uh, that fell off last year talent-wise. They just think it was a bad scheme fit with what Mike Nolan brought. The first six draft picks, as you mentioned, were, were defensive players. Micah Parsons is the guy that showed he's going to be around the ball here in, in the spring. We'll see what happens when the pads come on. They made some low-cost, low-risk free agent signings. They think they'll add depth to their defensive line. So they're not looking to be you know, your Ravens. They're just looking to be the 2014 Cowboys, who are really a pretty good defense situationally and took the ball away at key moments. That's what they want, a good situational defense, not a defense like last year that just got run every which way possible. We're talking to ESPN Cowboys reporter Todd Archer. It's Keyshawn J. Will and Zubin. Bart Scott, Jason Fitz sitting in for the guys. So, Todd, uh, you know, anybody that's ever bought stocks will see the sentence, you know, past performance does not guarantee future results. So I want to take that and move it to Zeke. Like, let's take all past performance out. Future results. Who is Zeke now as a running back in the NFL? I, I might, Zeke is going to have a bounce back year. And, and, I, and some of it is based on last year's past performance when he didn't reach 1,000 yards, fumbled six times, uh, and, and was a guy that just didn't look like himself. You know, we have to factor in he didn't have Dak for 11 games. He didn't have his full offensive line for the entire season. And those are excuses or reasons. There's a fine line between those two, I get. But you've seen Zeke do things this offseason that he's not really done. So I think even he realizes maybe that it's time to get a little more serious about the craft and getting after it. And, you know, this offense isn't going to run through Zeke. It's now changed with, with Dak and, and the receivers that they have. But he can still be a guy that will be easily a 1,000-yard back plus. And I think you'll see him back in that conversation as, if not a league's leading rusher because the dynamics of the offense have changed, at least going to be in the top five. And, look, you're paying him as the highest-paid running back or one of the highest-paid. Um, you want more than that, I understand. But this, this philosophy of this team has changed even since he signed that contract a couple of years ago. You know, camp's all about competition for me. And what is the most intriguing um, battle out there, you know, in, in Dallas? 
you, you have to you have to go to the defensive side of the ball because basically everybody in offense is back, especially with the health of their offensive linemen. So there's really not a competition there that you would say, "Ooh, that'll grab my attention." But on defense, you know, you don't know who the cornerback is going to be opposite Trayvon Diggs. Is it going to be Kelvin Joseph, their second round pick? Anthony Brown, a veteran cornerback. Um, can somebody else get into that mix? But I'm going to go to, to linebacker, and not so much like who starts or anything, but how do they figure out the dynamic between Micah Parsons, Leighton Van Rish, and Jalen Smith? Because as we know, there's only two linebackers really on the field now, 80% of the snaps with, with the way you play this. So they've talked about Micah Parsons being a, a, a designated pass rusher at times. Leighton Van Rish, or I'm sorry, Jalen Smith might do some of that. How they work those three guys, two first-round picks and a high-paid $11 million a year linebacker, how they figure out those three guys and keep them happy or how the production works between those three guys will be the most interesting to me of how this defense shapes out. I think you'll see a guy like Van Der Esch have a have a better season than he's had if he stays healthy, and that's always the key. Jalen Smith has to get back to what he was in 2018 for this defense, and I, and I told you earlier about Micah Parsons. They're really excited about what he can bring to this unit, so – that linebacker spot and how that plays out between those three guys is the most intriguing thing to me. I'd like to add Keanu Neal to that competition as well because most um, defenses now only have one linebacker in, in, in their sub packages and they have a hybrid type of dime player and Keanu Neal yeah. at 230 pounds will fit that bill. And he's got a background with Dan Quinn as well and that's kind of the reason why they brought him in. He did a little bit of that with him in Atlanta and now he's he's no longer a safety. He's a full-time linebacker. It, Add that. So you got four guys for for one or two spots. It's going to be an interesting battle. So, Todd, obviously one of the things the NFL and the NFL Players Association bargained on and agreed on this year were some practice constraints depending on vaccination levels. Michael Irvin has spoken out about this as a former Cowboy and what he would expect. With hard knocks there, do you have any sense at this point at what sort of conversations the Cowboys are having, have had, and will have in front of cameras? Well, in front of cameras, I don't know about that one because we're just kind of getting into this. But I can tell you what Jerry Jones said yesterday is that there are five players right now that are not on track to get the vaccine at all. Five out of their 89 players that they have here. And he said a couple of those guys are, even, are, are still thinking about getting it. And everybody else either is fully vaccinated or in the pipeline, as he said, which means either they're on pace to get one shot here soon or have already had one shot as, as training camp uh, began. So they don't think that they're going to be at a competitive disadvantage here early on by not reaching any threshold in terms of how meetings are run and when guys can go to the weight room and who can eat with who and who can go where and all that. They, they think it would all shake itself out. But the hard knocks cameras are going to be interesting and for a number of players, but also for Mike McCarthy. And I asked him yesterday about that, and he said, yeah, when Jerry told me I was, we were going to do hard knocks, I drove off the road. Uh, in a rainstorm, uh, and, and I didn't know what he said. So, you know, you can tell Mike McCarthy really wasn't a, a big fan of doing this in the beginning, but once it was explained, he says, hey, I'm all in. Now I don't know what Jerry said, it, what's he going to do, say, no, I'm not going to coach your team. But I think for a guy like McCarthy, coming off 6-10, and 10, coming off of 4-7-1 and one and 7-9 and nine seasons the last year in Green Bay, this is a big year for him to show that he's more of the guy that went to the 9-9 nine, nine playoff appearances for an NC title games than the guy that's had a losing record his last three seasons. You guys can follow him on Twitter, at Todd Archer. Keep up with all things Cowboys that way. Todd, as always, my friend, we appreciate your insights. Stay safe, and thanks for hanging out with us. You got it, guys. Thank you. Appreciate it.
Uh, I asked the vaccination question. Just anybody that hasn't looked it up, make sure you know that your favorite team, uh, there are different uh, restraints, constraints on teams that were collectively bargained that haven't reached certain vaccination levels. So if 85% of your roster isn't vaccinated, then you can only have 15 people in the weight room. You can't eat with people. You can't go out socially. So it will be a conversation as we get into training camp because it will directly impact the way your favorite team is allowed to prepare. And again, no matter what anybody thinks on any side of it, that was collectively bargained between the players. Association and the league. So that is not going anywhere. You guys have been chiming in. Triple Eight, say ESPN, 888 729 3776 on what you are most excited to see throughout the course of the playoffs. We are going to let you continue to do that as we will do some caller roulette. We'll do it next. Mm. It's KJ and Z. Bart Scott, Jason Fitz filling in for the guys on ESPN. Every move we make pushes us forward, whether it's on the track, on the court, or on the field. Movement is how we make our impression on the world. It's part of who we are. And when you pursue it with everything we've got, it shows us who we will become. Every move we make, every road we choose to go down, every mile marker we passes, take us us take us, us <laughs> to a new place and shows the world just how far we can go. Good year. More driven. It's time for Call a Roulette. You know the rules. Don't ask us how we are. We're good. I don't want to hear any of that. Get in, say your name, and make your point, and ask the question. 888-729-3776. 888-SAY-ESPN. And don't mess it up. Don't mess it up. Especially you, Line 5. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do. Big, small, and when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had happen in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who have experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash unsportsmanlike today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash unsportsmanlike. Hi, this is ESPN's Mike Greenberg, and ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sports book of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today, and new users get $100 in bonus bets for making any sports book bet. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Sean J. Will and Zubin on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM, Channel 80. We're presented by Progressive Insurance. Jason Fitz, sitting with Bart Scott. You guys know the rule. We're going to spin the wheel. We're going to call on you. When you get uh, the chance to cut through, don't ask us how we are. Look, Bart's spectacular because he's been working with me all day. And I'm spectacular because, well, 
I'm me. So, you know, it all works out. We're having great days. We hope you are, too. We're going to spin the wheel, and then when you're called upon, give us what you got. We're ready for this, Bart. You ready? Let's do it. Are you sure you're ready? By the way, check out uh, uh, Bart. They're going to be on first take today. Make sure you check that out. And also, Bart and Han, a spectacular radio show every day on ESPN Radio. Well, they gave me Bart Han off because they know, um, you know, if you listen to my reads, I'm starting to slur my speech, so they know I'm starting to be uh, sleep-deprived. So they're going to get me off for Bart Han. But in general, Bart and Han. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. from noon to two. See, and I couldn't even comprehend up. what you were saying. Do you understand? The, the, the words, words that are, are coming, coming out of my mouth. Nobody understands the words that are coming out of my Also, Spain and Fitz, 7 to 9 p.m. Eastern, Sarah Spain and I. And, yeah, I'll be hanging out there tonight. So, like, we can double dip. Like, you can hang out with me in the morning and you can hang out at night. Uh, that's uh, you know, If you want to come back that's a great day. tonight, 7 to 9, hang out with me. Yeah, man, just give me a call. Uh, okay, perfect. So, I get your number now? Look what? Oh. You get my email. Ain't that how okay. we do it? I get your email. <laughs> yeah. That's perfect. That's right. All right. Let's spin the wheel for some caller roulette. And away it goes. And away it goes. And it stops on line four. Line four. What do you got? Thanks for calling the show. Hi, I'm Carter from Ohio. And do you guys think that the Bucks will have a repeat next year or the Nets are the team to beat? I mean, if you look at Vegas, Vegas already put the odds out. The Bucks are third. I believe that, listen, this was an admiration. You know, that everything broke right. And how, how often do things break right? I don't think this is like some type of Golden State window where we can just make a reservation for, for them. And in the East, it was always you know, whatever team LeBron had when he was in the East. I think, you know, this was admiration. I think you enjoy it. But I think it will be highly difficult to repeat as, as champions and also to be a perennial you know, they'll be a, per- a contender, but I don't think that I see them getting back to that point. Can I can I take neither, by the way, as an option? Because let me say, like, the Bucks, uh, the Bucks, I, I think it, it's a tough path to repeat. Uh, but at the end of the day, the Nets would have to be healthy and everything has to break right. And we, we just didn't see that. And just like last year we presumed that this year the Clippers would get there, I don't know that we can presume that. I think the NBA is more wide open right now than we're giving it credit for. So I don't know that it has to be one of those two teams. Yeah, who do they pair with Trey Young and Trigger and see who he got down there and who who, who goes and, to Miami? And does does Dame end up in Golden State? I mean, yeah, that's that's what I whoo! that's or does Kawhi end up down there in South Beach where people thought he was going if he would have been had a successful season with the Clippers? Oh, the off season of the NBA is a delight. Triple Eight, say ESPN eight 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 seven two nine three seven seven six. That's how you get in on caller roulette. Let's. Spin the wheel. And away it goes. Line five. Oh, no. Line five. Line five, what do you got? What I got is is uh, if the Big 12 loses Texas and Oklahoma, should they have the fire sale and everybody find a soft landing spot? And I also want to comment about uh, Aaron Rodgers. It is time for the Packers organization to just fish or cut bait with this guy and say, look, you're under contract, you're coming to play for us, no more talk. Well, Aaron hasn't said anything. I mean, he didn't, you know, neither did, according to Adam Shepard, neither did Green Bay, you know, those reports. That was just some good good old journalism and reporting. Um, and they can't really force him not to talk. I mean, what they can right. do is say, you're Hush. playing for us or you're not playing for anybody. And I do think that's what, I think that's what the Packers are going to do. They're going to say two options, come play here or – sit at home, and you have to write us a check for $33 million that you'd have to give us back for not playing this year. And that's a lot right. of money. Yeah, or he shows up and say, oh, my hammy. 
Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, that's what well, Ronnie days were. Oh, my arm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, as far as your first question with the Big 12, yeah. I, I mean, if they lose Texas and Oklahoma, then I think you're going to see a mass exodus. There won't be a Big 12 anymore. Paul Feinbaum said that earlier. If you missed it, check it out on the podcast. But uh, yeah, I, I think if the if Texas and Oklahoma are gone, then we're going to see a total shift in the entire way that college fo- football is built. Yeah, I mean, this is like the old Big East, right? Everybody's going to have to find a soft uh, landing, and everybody's going to be survivor of the fittest. Now, we forget the Big East was once relevant. Uh, <laughs> right. All right, let's spin the wheel again. And it comes up line one. All right, love it. Line one, what do you got? Corey's from New York. Speaking of the NBA offseason, uh, two-part question. Give me one team. Give me one player that will be traded this offseason, and would Russell Westbrook fit the Lakers or not? I mean, for me, I think he occupies the same space that LeBron occupies, right? You still want to have spacing for LeBron, and you want to have spacing for Anthony Davis, who who's dominant on the low block. He can't shoot from outside. So if I had to pick between Westbrook or, or Chris Paul, I'm going Chris Paul because at least he can space the floor. He can be that facilitator to take some of the load off of LeBron from having to bring the ball up the court. And the other question was what? what One player traded? Yeah, well, Ben Simmons. He he has to go. Like Philadelphia, you know, get, when they're done with their stars, as you can ask Carson Wentz, they're done with their stars I'll take James Wiseman as one player that gets traded it seems like he's just there's enough smoke around the Warriors wanting to rebuild faster and there's a lot of love for Wiseman so I think he has some equity right now let's spin the wheel oh line four what do you got thanks for calling the show what uh what do you got yeah I'm Tyler Tyler from Michigan and I want to learn what you guys will think will happen with Matthew Stafford and the LA Rams all I heard is Matthew Stafford and the Rams. I think he wants to know how. what do we think about Matthew Stafford and the Rams. You, you watch Matthew Stafford. You see how lead he is with limited resources. Now he's going to have a, a, a multitude of resources. I think he's a borderline MVP candidate this year. Yeah, especially like this comes back not just to Matthew Stafford, but also to the street cred that McVay has, right? Like we believe in certain coaches and we believe in certain coaches combined with talent. And there's a perception that, like I said earlier, that, you know, the Jags would fail Trevor Lawrence before Trevor Lawrence fails the Jags. There's a wide perception that the Lions failed Matthew Stafford, right? And so he's managed to walk away from that situation just absolutely water off a duck's back. He's clean as a whistle, and now he goes to a coach that, frankly, everybody gives benefit of the doubt. So, you know, it seems to me like it's a match made in heaven. Greeny's next. Bart's former teammate Ray Lewis joins us tomorrow, 930 Eastern. You do not want to miss it. Thanks for hanging out with Keyshawn J. Will and Zubin on ESPN Radio. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants. They all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.